From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Alrighty, here we go with WIA National News. I'm Graham, VK4 Baker Baker. This edition for week commencing October 5, 2014. Telstra's planned Wi-Fi network is one step closer to fruition with 1,000 hotspots set to go live before Christmas. Consumers are set to get their first taste of the network in November when Telstra fires up the Wi-Fi at some of Australia's busiest locations. Burke Street Mall in Melbourne, Brisbane's Queen Street Mall and Bondi Beach in Sydney. The initial Wi-Fi trials will be located at payphone sites and Telstra said that hotspots will eventually be set up at other sites, including the Telstra retail outlets and exchange buildings. Access to Wi-Fi will be free in the trial sites until the network officially launches early 2015. Up in the cloud, and Apple's iCloud service dropped Tuesday as the company dealt with reports that its Reset All Settings option in iOS 8 deletes iCloud Drive documents. All iCloud services went offline for some users, according to the company's own server status site. The service issues came just hours after the discovery of a bug in Apple's new iOS 8 mobile operating system, which deletes all of the user's iWork documents stored in Apple's iCloud Drive when the Reset All Settings option is selected from an iPad or iPhone. X marks the spot and Sydney's King's Cross is about to get a massive shot in the arm. Okay, bad pun we know, but anyway, it is one of Sydney's unique entertainment spots and a new entertainment hut is about to open. The world's hottest celebrities and artists will now have a new home at the X Studio in the heart of Sydney. It'll be the place where the biggest names in showbiz will perform, celebrate with a cocktail or simply kick back and relax all while having the latest technology at their fingertips to connect with their fans, create spur-of-the-moment content, or even record an album. The X-Studio at King's Cross will have six unique sections in the facility, including a radio and TV broadcast studio, luxury VIP green rooms, recording studio, film screening space, and a bar, and a 500-person concert venue. Are you an amateur radio user? Or user? Whether it be the WIA your local club, show your support in a tangible way. Support the providers you utilise. VI6 ANZAC, special event call sign activation for Albany, ANZAC 100-year commemorations. A number of commemorative events will be taking place in Albany VK6 from the 31st of October, that's this month, to the 2nd of November to mark the 100th anniversary of the departure of the first convoy of ships carrying ANZAC troops and the significant role Albany has played in Australia's ANZAC history. Southern Electronics Group will use special event call sign VI6ANZAC on Saturday the 1st of November 2014 to mark these Albany commemorative events. Anzac Day has been celebrated in Australia since October 1915 in South Australia and then nationally on the 25th of April from 1916. It has been a public holiday across the country since the mid-1920s. Anzac Day is always commemorated on April 25. The day is a public holiday. However, no replacement holiday is given if Anzac Day falls on a weekend except in VK6, West Australia. To commemorate Anzac 100, a series of articles is to appear in Amateur Radio magazine by the WIA historian Peter Wolfenden, VK3RV, and here's a summary of yet another one of them. 
A column in Radio and Hobbies magazine was the start in a search for information on Bill Moore, VK2HZ, that revealed he was a writer, WIA president, and a prisoner of war morale booster. He wrote a regular column called The Handbands. Taking over the column was Pierce Healy, VK2APQ, who, in his tribute to Bill in April 1963, described his time in Institute Affairs, including being a WIA life member, New South Wales State President, Federal President, and on a number of committees. Further inquiries led to some of his many further contributions, including an earlier column in Wireless Weekly. Born in 1911, William McGuinness Moore was first licensed in 1931 and was the publicity officer of the Association of Radio Amateurs in New South Wales, established in 1932. The ARA was then a de facto New South Wales division of the Institute. The WIA lost control of a group who had formed the Institution of Radio Engineers. Thankfully, the situation finally resolved itself, thus allowing the WIA to again represent radio amateurs of that state and be part of the national organisation. Now, that aside, Bill must have already been interested in national amateur radio affairs because he was appointed as New South Wales delegate to the WIA Federal Convention held in Hobart in January 1935. At some point, Bill joined the RAAF. A report on Bill appears in a saga of achievement by Group Captain E.R. Hall, both POWs at a camp at Batavia. Bill was the camp's optician allowed a set of tools, including a soldering iron, pliers and other small tools used for repairing glasses. According to Hall, the first receiver used by Moore had a radio frequency amplifier, a detector and an audio amplifier, all operating from torch batteries. By means of this, both Bill Moore and Eric Hall monitored various shortwave stations for those most important news broadcasts and gave hope to so many of the POWs on the Burma-Thailand Railway. When batteries became scarce, a small mains transformer was made and the rebuilt two-valve receiver and power supply was housed in water bottles for another 18 months. Flying Officer W.M. Moore was officially recognised and mentioned in dispatches. Before the war, he was WIA Federal President from 35 to 38 and Bill was undoubtedly a notable achiever and a contributor to the WIA and amateur radio generally. VK1 WIA, all local news. We go around VK in 80 seconds. Around VK we go and parents are being warned of the dangers of button batteries after RACQ Care Flight Rescue airlifted a Coolum Beach VK4 toddler who reportedly swallowed one last Monday. Shortly after 1pm he was airlifted from the Nambour General Hospital to the Royal Children's Hospital by RACQ Care Flight Rescue to undergo further treatment. This is the second time in less than a year CareFlight has airlifted a child suspected to have swallowed a battery and has prompted a warning on the dangers of the tiny toxic objects. Button batteries can lodge in the esophagus of infants and toddlers and cause serious injury or even death if they go undetected, CareFlight's Chief Medical Officer Dr Alan McKillop said. A four-year-old Sunshine Coast girl died in July last year after swallowing one of the batteries. If they become stuck in the esophagus, they can immediately begin to burn during serious damage. Even if you only suspect the child has swallowed the battery, you should immediately take them to your GP or a hospital emergency ward. Would you believe each week four children are taken to emergency departments across Australia after swallowing the batteries? Now we are also urged not to store the batteries in pill containers as the small objects can easily be mistaken for medication, particularly in the dead of night. 
Continuing hams across Australia in VK4, as the news goes to air this morning, many hams and support crew have been having fun in paradise at the Cardwell Gathering in Townsville. Having had a great amount of extreme loafing and listening into the local WIA news, transmission, well, the group are about to engage in a game of friendly cricket, followed by the traditional group photo, then following a refreshing lunch, participate in the famous monster auction. Now, why are we telling you all this? Because if you're passing by Cardwell, be sure to drop into the Cardwell Beachcomber Motel and Tourist Park at the north end of town and join in the fun. And if you want a bit more fun in October, Saturday the 25th of October, head to the Gold Coast. Good morning, WIA National News, and good morning, listeners. My name is Simon Hiller, VK4FSIH. This year, the Gold Coast Amateur Radio Society will be having their annual Hamfest on Saturday the 25th of October. Door sales start at 7.30 and doors open at 08.30. There will be hot and cold refreshments available and the location will be the Albert Waterway Community Hall Corner Hooker and Sunshine Boulevard. For more information, please view the club's webpage www.gcars.com.au www.gcars.com.au Hope to see you all there on Saturday the 25th of October at uh, 08.30 in the morning. Look forward to seeing you there. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Adelaide's southern suburbs, it can be heard on IRLP node 6527, VK5 IRL on 146.450 at 11am and 9pm Sundays. I'm Jenny, VK5 Alpha November Whiskey. WIA, board talk and the battle to save the 9cm band. Your WIA has lodged a strong submission to the Department of Communications to save loss of access to two segments of our 9cm band. A 25 meg block at 3400 to 3425 and a 50 MHz block 3492.5 to 3542.5. In summary, the Institute's submission put the case as follows. The WIA seeks preservation of amateur service use of 3400 to 3410 Australia-wide, consistent with the international allocations and CEPT footnote EU17 in Region 1, and suggests that a 25 MHz block for the NBN could be found elsewhere in the 3400 to 3600 MHz band. In addition, the WIA seeks preservation of amateur service use of 3492.5 to 3542.5 MHz and the repositioning 25 MHz NBN block outside those geographic areas where NBN fixed wireless services are deployed, such that any likely interference to the NBN service is obviated and subject to the existing provisions of secondary service. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. What use is an F-call? One of the many projects I'm dealing with as a result of attempting to achieve contacting 100 different countries using only 5 watts also known as a QRP DXEC, 
is to log my contacts and upload them to a place where others might confirm those contacts. Traditionally, the process of confirming a QSO involves sending a QSL card between stations. Think of it as a postcard that has details about the contact you made. The other station, in turn, sends their card to you. That way, both of you have a confirmed contact. With the advent of the internet, this has begun to change. There are several websites that provide a QSL service, each with differing options, costs and facilities. In theory, the process is simple. Create a log of all your contacts, upload it to the website of choice and wait for the other stations to do the same, thus confirming your contact. Of course, in practice, there's a bit more to it than those simple words convey. Starting at the log file end, there are many different ways of creating such a file. There are two basic formats, an ADIF and a Cabrillo format. There are hundreds of other formats too, each with their own quirks and limitations. Your logging program will determine what the native format is for your station. To make life a little bit more interesting, not all log formats support all fields. That is, most support a call sign, an RST code, a name field and perhaps a comment. But some store just the band, not the actual frequency. Others have the ability to store power, station, antenna, radio, awards and many more details. One word of warning. A QSO is logged in UTC. That is, not in your local time zone. What that means is if you upload your file with contacts writing in your local time zone, they'll be out by several hours. In case of a contact log between VK6 and VK2 during summer, that'll be 11 hours difference, which means that the contact will not be valid until you update the time to reflect the UTC. If you're in a part of the world where there is daylight saving, your UTC offset will change throughout the year, not to mention fade the curtains and put chickens off the lay. Actually, uploading a file requires that you have an account with a web service. For some of the sites, that means create an account and you're done. For more reputable services, that's not really helpful, since online, no one knows you're a dog, so many require extra steps. From sending a scanned copy of your license, through to sending a letter with an actual photocopy and some other form of ID. There's much more to say on this topic, but that's a start. Check your logs, play with different logging software, and choose the one that works for you. I'm Ono, VK6FLAB. Right across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Adelaide's southern suburbs, it can be heard on VK5 RAD 2 metre repeater at 0900 hours local. I'm Steph, VK5 HSX, on behalf of the South Coast Amateur Radio Club. International news with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Out of space. Radio Ham receives ISRO Mars Orbiter. The Indian Space Agency, ISRO, has successfully put their MOM spacecraft into Mars orbit, the first country to have achieved this on the initial attempt. Radio amateur Paul Marsh, Golf 7 Echo Yankee Tango, slash Mike Zero Echo Yankee Tango, received the signal from the Mars Orbiter mission spacecraft and tweeted, S-band downlink from MOM spacecraft now in orbit at Mars. Great signal with Doppler. Congrats to ISRO. Good job. Tim Allen gets his ham licence. 
Tim Allen, the famous American actor-comedian who has appeared in many popular films, has just passed his ham licence and now boasts callsign Kilo Kilo 6 Oscar Tango Delta. Tim stars in the weekly Last Man Standing show, which is watched by 8 million Americans. The show features ham radio, and on the show Tim uses the fake callsign KA0XTT. Ian Golf 3 Zulu Hotel India tells us that over the weekend he was on the air on many bands, including a live video webcast on BATC and W5KUB from the last man standing set on Stage 9 at the CBS TV Centre in Hollywood. Rosetta Mission announces Philae Landing Site. Europe's Rosetta Mission team, which intends to land a probe on the 4-kilometre-wide Comet 67P later this year, has identified what they think is the safest place to land the small robot craft. Now researchers and controllers from the European Space Agency have chosen what appears to be a relatively smooth region on the smaller of the Comet's two lobes as the spot to send the lander named Philae. Comet 67P is currently some 273 million miles from Earth, and the plan is still to make the Philae landing attempt November 11th. The area where ESA hopes the Philae probe will successfully set down is designated as Landing Site J. IARU The Administrative Council of the International Amateur Radio Union held its annual meeting on the 27th and 28th of September in Bulgaria. Attendees at the meeting included IARU President Tim Ellum, Victor Echo 6 Sierra Hotel slash Golf 4 Hotel Uniform Alpha, Secretary Rod Stafford, Whiskey 6 Romeo Oscar Delta, along with Regional Representatives Dennis Green, Zulu Sierra 4 Bravo Sierra, and Gopal Madhavan, Victor Uniform 2 Golf Mike November. The next scheduled in-person meeting of the Administrative Council will be held in Indonesia in October 2015, in conjunction with the IARU Region 3 Conference. Qatar satellite to include geostationary Phase 4 transponders. A ham radio payload is expected to be in geosynchronous orbit around the Earth by the end of 2016. Amateur Radio Newsline's Heather Emby, KB3TZD, picks up the story. Qatar SLSAT Satellite Company has signed a contract with Mitsubishi Electric Corporation to build a geostationary communication satellite. Once on orbit, SL2 will be positioned at 26 degrees east for television broadcasting in that part of the world, using both KU and KA band transponders. It will also provide the first ham radio geostationary communication capability linking Brazil and India using a pair of Phase 4 amateur radio transponders that it will carry with it into space. The ham payload will consist of a 250 kHz wide linear transponder for conventional analog operations, in addition to a second transponder which will have an 8 MHz bandwidth. The later is intended for experimental digital modulation systems and DVB format amateur television. As of now, uplinks will be in the 2.4 to 2.45 GHz range, with downlinks in the 10.45 to 10.5 GHz amateur satellite service allocations. Both transponders will have broadbeam antennas to provide full coverage of about one-third of the Earth's surface. For the Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Heather Emby, KB3TZD in Berwick, Pennsylvania. 
The Qatar Amateur Radio Society and Qatar Satellite Company are cooperating on the project. Technical support is coming from Germany's AMSAT DL. This is not the first time ham radio has been offered space for geostationary transponders. Back in 1980, a company called CableSat proposed orbiting a pair of broadcast and communication satellites at either end of the continental geostationary arc each with a ham radio payload on board. The plans for those two birds were later abandoned. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Operational news on Felix VK 4FUQ, Dateline 2014. This weekend, our ambulance work is on until the 12th, and VK stations involved are Entry A004, VK2 HFS, Westpac Rescue Helicopter Service operating October 1 and 2, and then 8 and 9 from Albury, QF33LW, on HF VHF PSK SSTV. A007 VK2CE Snowy Hydro South Care first until the 8th from Marimbula, New South Wales. QF43WA on HF. AA20 VK6FADF Royal Flying Doctor Service first and second, then the 8th and 9th of October from Fremantle. OF77VW on VHF and Echo Link by the VHF Group. Also another biggie, the Oceania Dex Contest phone. 0800 hours UTC Saturday, 4th of October, to 0800 hours UTC Sunday, October 5. Then next weekend, Oceania Dex Contest CW, 0800 hours UTC Saturday, 11 October, to 0800 hours UTC Sunday, October 12. And a couple for 2015. Tablands Radio Group will again hold AM and CW on Anzac Day, 25 April. 1010 International Summer Contest, August 1 and 2. Special Event Stations, DX, Beacon, Repeater and Net Advice. EA7FTR is airing until October the 10th as D44KS from Boa Vista, which is the easternmost island of Cape Verde. Hours of operation will be limited to his spare time. Listen on 40 through 6 metres using SSB and RITI and QSL via EB7DX. Rolls-Royce Special Event. On the 11th and 12th of October for 48 hours, the Hucknall Rolls-Royce Amateur Radio Club are running a special event station, GB1RR, celebrating the centenary of the Eagle Aero Engine. SSB, PSK31 and HF from 160 metres through 10 metres. LI for LA and LJ for LB celebrates 200 years of the Norwegian Constitution during 2014. In addition, special event station LM1814 will be active as part of the celebration. Nauru, September 29 to October 19. LZ1GC is planning to be operational as C21GC from the Republic of Nauru between September the 29th and October the 19th on 160 through 10 metres using CWSSB and Samriti. Bosnia Herzegovina E72. Special Event Station E72 NATO is active until the end of 2014 to commemorate the cooperation of NATO and Bosnia-Herzegovina that was established in 2006.
QSL via E73Y. HS50REST, Special Event Call Sign. Radio Amateur Society of Thailand, RAST, have been issued with the special call sign HS50REST, which celebrates the 50th anniversary of the RAST and can be used until the end of 2014. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you are tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Adelaide, it is relayed on 6 metres on 53.1 MHz AM at 0900 hours Central Standard Time. I'm Ben, VK5, Bravo Bravo. I'm Brian, VK3GR, with some worldwide special interest group news, beginning with radio scouting. Now register your Jota station. Jamboree on the air is now just a couple of weeks away, and stations are beginning to prepare for the biggest annual event in the Scouts calendar. Over the weekend of 18-19 October, more than half a million Scouts around the world will make contact with each other through amateur radio. Many local radio clubs assist the Scouts in their town by setting up stations especially for the weekend. A complete listing of frequencies appear in this week's text edition, not only the VK channels but worldwide. If you're involved with Joda, whether as an individual or with a club taking part, please register your station. Special Interest Groups Stamp Collecting Amateurs Postage Stamps Feature ham radio satellites. A new Lithuanian postage stamp features the amateur radio satellites Lituanica Sat 1 and Litsat 1. The two CubeSats were launched to the International Space Station on January 9, 2014, and deployed from the ISS on Feb 28th. To worldwide special interest groups, IOTA. 50 years of IOTA. The RSGB's Islands on the Air program celebrated its 50th anniversary in July 2014. The last 50 years has seen the program grow to 2,500 active island chasers and approximately 15,000 more casual participants. Those close to it have been anxious to ensure the sustainability of the IOTA program and have spent some time reviewing the challenges and opportunities it faces. As a result, a small international group of IOTA enthusiasts will be invited to bring forward proposals to ensure the future of the program for the next 50 years and beyond. This approach has the full support of the IOTA team and has been welcomed by the wider IOTA community both at home and abroad. Worldwide special interest groups, radio amateurs, old timers and with more, here's our man in the West. Hello everyone, this is Clive, VK6 Charlie Sierra Whiskey, with the usual reminder that tomorrow is the first Monday of the month and it's time for the October Radio Amateurs Old Timers Club of Australia's Bulletin to go to air. There are several different ways to hear the bulletin. The main HF transmissions are from Melbourne on 20 metres on 14.150 MHz upper sideband the first at 0100 UTC, beamed north for listeners in the eastern states, while an hour later, at 0200 UTC, the transmission is beamed westward for our WA audience. 
Also at 0200 UTC, Barry VK6 Whiskey Foxtrot will be transmitting on 40 metres on 7060 kHz from his Keller Baron QTH, some 200 kilometres east of Perth. In addition, throughout the day there are a number of other local HF, VHF and UHF transmissions. To find one for your particular area, please visit the RAOTC website at www.raotc.org.au. That's www.raotc.org.au. From next Tuesday onwards, you can download the bulletin at your leisure from the RAOTC website. As well as the usual club news, this month's feature tells of the adventures of Ian Patterson, VK3 Mike Whiskey, now 93 years old, when re-establishing radio station 2PK in Parks, New South Wales, after it was burnt to the ground. It's an interesting tale. Everyone, RAOTC members and non-members alike, is most welcome to listen in to any of the broadcasts and to join in the callbacks afterwards. So once again, the October RAOTC Bulletin goes to air tomorrow, Monday, and we look forward to hearing your call sign amongst the callbacks afterwards. 7-3 from Clive, VK6CSW. This is VK1WIA. All points of contact from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions, www.wia.org.au. Well, we might sort of turn the big switch here at WIA National News for another week. But before we go on the social scene, as we've said, this weekend, the Townsville Amateur Radio Club's Cardwell Gathering is happening. October 11 in VK4, it's Redfest. October 17 to 19, worldwide, it's Jota. Make sure you do register your station. October 23 in VK5, it's Adelaide's RAOTC Luncheon at the Marion Hotel Mitchell Park. And October 25 in VK4, it's Hamfest on the Gold Coast. Till next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.